Hello everyone and welcome to Disaster Peace Publishing House. My name is Dev Solovey. Hi, I'm Cy Metz. And uh, this is a podcast about the best and worst of internet literature, dramatic readings included. So as the first episode, I feel like we should go into, I know we talked about this beforehand, the premise of this podcast. Basically, we're going to take weird literature we find on the internet. It's probably going to be bad, probably going to be funny. Sometimes can be a little more serious. Uh, Just anything notable, anything with an interesting story about it, we're going to do a dramatic reading. It's not going to be very formal. There's going to be a lot of us jumping in and making comments. uh, And from there, we're going to kind of discuss it. We're coming at it from a point of like also wanting to appreciate this stuff in a way that I feel like some people just kind of want to dunk on it, you know? Yes. I feel like there's more to it. Or in in my case, a lot of what I'm going to try and find moving forward are dunkable but my my criteria for dunking on something is not as petty i'm not someone to look at like ya fiction and like hate read it just to like make fun of how awkward the author is at voice right yeah yeah exactly exactly um if if there is criticism to be had it's and it's petty it will be mostly for jokes (laughs) and not for the sake of like actually tearing these things apart yeah yeah we want to dunk on the writing and not on the writer so much yeah like a, a lot of bad literature, I feel like the appreciation for it comes specifically from that yeah. place of wanting to tear it down. But there's no like MST3K for yeah. weird bad literature no, of not like really. good natured ribbing. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm just about ready to get started if you are. Absolutely. And I, f- I think today, Dev, you are the one who has a text prepared to present. And yes. I am completely blind to what we're doing today. <laughs> All right, so the thing we're going to be looking into today, SpongeBob SquarePants Rage and Depression. This is from the Troll Posture. (laughs) (laughs) One of those titles that take a a, a moment to to sink in, just how truly wonderful the the material you're working with is. Yeah, this is from the Troll Pasta Wiki, a classic place to find this sort of thing. Um, The Troll Pasta Wiki, they do this thing uh, where they do the fail of the month, Uh, And that's where they find, like, the worst one on the website of the month. They vote on it. And then at the end of the year, they vote on which fail of the month was the worst. So SpongeBob SquarePants Rage and Depression (laughs) was voted the worst of 2022. Right. I'm going to preface this by saying the only real content warnings I have here are talk of gore and depression and violence, but uh, nothing really outside of that. I'm going to try and imitate these characters' voices. I'm going to fail at it. I don't have enough of a... (laughs) of range but here we go without further ado you just gotta make sure to get the spongebob yeah oh well (laughs) we'll see what happens to patrick um (laughs) (laughs) is it gonna gonna be like that scene uh i think from jennifer's body where bill fagerbacky plays him and he's just yelling i'm gonna get you you motherfucker but it's exactly patrick's voice patrick does not have any lines in this okay 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 sorry sorry i'm getting ahead of myself (laughs) yeah All right, Spongebob Squarepants, Rage and Depression. I'm a huge fan of Spongebob Squarepants, and I love how Steven Hillenberg created these quirky creatures, but one episode made an exception. I was browsing for Spongebob On Demand and came across a never-before-seen episode of Spongebob. It was titled Rage and Depression. I assumed this was another Squidward torture porn, but little did I know what was coming my way. Intro. I started the episode and the intro played out normal, but I noticed a few problems. For one, Patchy was in the mouth of a shark, and when the bubble transition to SpongeBob's house played, 
The shark ate Patchy, and the water was pastel red. When SpongeBob's house... Pastel red? Apparently, that's the color of blood, yes. Yeah. I guess we had a flower crown Patchy. (laughs) When SpongeBob's house was shown, it quickly transitioned to a coffin where SpongeBob came out of instead of his house. The rest of the intro was SpongeBob walking through a destroyed bikini bottom, and SpongeBob's horn nose was replaced with SpongeBob playing a violin in a depressing tune, different to the regular tune. I was weirded out, as anyone would be if they saw this, but still had the urge to keep watching because I know I've seen worse. Look, hold on. I just want to interject real quick to say, if you've actually watched SpongeBob, they they have like a wide range of like the tone yeah. that these things set. I think that's why SpongeBob has always been like a particularly weird subject matter for creepypasta to me personally. Yeah, yeah. Is because they keep insisting like, no, this is really effed up, you guys. Seriously. It's like SpongeBob looks at the camera and he's really sad and wants just, to kill himself. I'm just like, you wait, yeah. Just, just you wait. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I've seen that in like actual SpongeBob episodes. I mean, this is, this is, I mean... <laughs> Here we go. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Again, just getting ahead of myself. <laughs> the title card was blurry in a green smudged background along with smudged letters that read Rage and Depression, and they've been kind enough to leave us a little example here. All right, episode. It cut to SpongeBob's house, and I heard close to ear rape bawling coming out of the pineapple. On the inside, there were cuts all over the wallpaper reading Patrick and Come Back. I didn't have the foggiest why, but Sponge had depression. <laughs> I hadn't the foggiest why, but Sponge had depression. <laughs> yep. Sp- SpongeBob turned to me and broke the fourth wall. Have you ever lost a friend that you were very close with? SpongeBob asked. Well, it happened to me just yesterday. A flashback played with riding a plane that looked like the plane from Have You Seen This Snail? I want peanuts, Patrick said. Patrick pressed the loop to loop button. Wee! Patrick exclaimed. suddenly patrick landed headfirst on the sea needle (laughs) spongebob could hear patrick's faint scream from yards away sponge ran to the sea needle but it was too late the plane hit the ground and exploded causing the sea needle to fly straight to the freeway patrick and multiple drivers were severely injured or killed Pat flung out of the freeway and into the bikini bottom mint. Wait, hold, hold on. Was Patrick severely injured or was he killed? We don't know. Well, okay, we'll okay, see. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pat flung out of freeway and into the bikini bottom mint. Patrick was being mutilated by everything in it. At last, SpongeBob caught up to Patrick, but Pat was 100% dead. <laughs> <laughs> SpongeBob was crying his eyes out. No one bothered to plan Patrick's funeral, so SpongeBob decided to do the honors. He didn't dig the grave, but robbed Mr. Krabs behind his back. He dressed in a suit with a flower and tattooed his face all over. He sort of took on a Suicide Squad Joker look. Damaged. <laughs> Tattooed onto his large sponge yeah, forehead. Like a smiley face on his hand. Mailing fucking Sandy used condoms. <laughs> After that, he bought a coffin with Mr. Krabs' money and shoved Patrick's corpse inside it. We, or I'm here to remember, Patrick J. Star. Patrick was killed in one of the most tragic ways possible. Patrick died at the age of 33 due to being impaled by the sea needle, ran over by tons of vehicles, and slaughtered by the mint's hardware. (laughs) Patrick, you will forever be missed. 
SpongeBob started sobbing in the coffin. Hold on, I just want to point out. I'm sorry. I know I said I wouldn't be nitpicky, but if there are, if there are moments for comedy gold, I'm just imagining a world where it's just very normal. Where in a eulogy, you just say like how the person died. Well, we all know we all know how Grandpa Spitz kicked it. He got <laughs> mauled by wolves. <laughs> yeah. Fuck his life. <laughs> We're not going to talk about the, the cool things that he did or the money he donated to charity. He got his balls gobbled by wolves. I think everyone yeah. here at the funeral should remember that. Yeah, now let's describe it in detail. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the episode returned to SpongeBob House, uh, where we find him doing the sprinkler with his own teardrops. Sandy entered the pineapple. SpongeBob glared at Sandy with absolute rage, tackled Sandy, and asked, Where the freaking sea bottom were you during Patrick's funeral, you... You... you rats! SpongeBob, Patrick died? Sandy questioned and shocked. Don't lie to me, you overgrown rodent! SpongeBob hollered. I was at a science convention in Texas, Sandy declared. SpongeBob slapped Sandy, leaving a huge slap mark. Bull rap, try it again, SpongeBob yelled. Wait. Through, through her, hold on. Imagine that math gif right now. I'm trying to figure out, okay, so no glass dome. Now I'm just imagining like it's a very weak slap and there's just a hand smudge Maybe. on her air bubble. I have no idea. I, <laughs> this story does not make much sense. Well, I'm trying to, I'm trying to fill in some of the gaps. You yeah, know, no, to, to yeah, paint yeah, a, yeah. To paint a word picture, to expand <laughs> yeah. upon this wonderful text that we're enjoying. You know, like a... Yeah. I was shocked to see Spongebob doing this to his own friend, in fact, one of his first friends ever. But before Sandy could say anything else, Spongebob went off the deep end. Spongebob grabbed his spatula and cut open Sandy's helmet. Sandy couldn't breathe, and it would be a matter of seconds before she succumbed to suffocation. Patrick was right, Spongebob said to his soon-to-be-dead friend. Texans are dumb. <laughs> wow (laughs) turns out spongebob was the hash slinging slasher the whole time i know he even has a cool kill line uh yeah he has he has his fucking cool freddy krueger moment where he looks into the camera and, and like says a funny thing like it's fucking csi miami or something i know it's Oh, it's glorious. Oh my god. (laughs) Spongebob decided to leave his house. When I saw Sandy being killed by Spongebob, it was scarring and gruesome. While Spongebob walking, Mr. Krabs happened to notice him. Spongebob, Mr. Krabs yelled. Spongebob had no comment. Why aren't you in work anymore, me boy? I'm losing money and I just got robbed. Mr. Doodles (laughs) licked Spongebob? Wait, who's Mr. Doodles? I don't know. Does Mr. Krabs have, like, a pet worm or something? I, I, it's, it's not Doodlebob. So, I, I bet, like, one of the things this guy did was just, like, Google deep cuts on the yeah, wiki. Yeah, probably. To fill out the space. Yeah. yeah. Mr. Doodles licked Spongebob. I thought, huh, nice to see Mr. Doodles. I haven't seen him since season three. I so, yeah, you're probably right. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Spongebob asked Krabs, Have you ever lost a friend before, sir? Sure, I remember the dollar I had when I was five. But if we're talking about fish, then money is more important than friends, Mr. Krabs declared. SpongeBob's fists were clenched deep. More important than friends? SpongeBob asked. SpongeBob took off Mr. Doodle's leash and hung Mr. Krabs with it on a nearby tree. 
Mr. Doodles fled the scene. Understandably. (laughs) (laughs) That's the sound of Mr. Krabs choking. Wish I could hang, Eugene, but I've got some redemption to attend to. (laughs) All right. SpongeBob said, I couldn't believe my eyes when this happened. SpongeBob was always so loyal to Mr. Krabs. Why was he doing all this now? (laughs) I get that he's mad due to Patrick's death, but he's taking it out on his own friends. (laughs) Oh, I'm glad he explained it to me. Yeah, thank you for that. (laughs) Couldn't Uh, have left that in the subtext. Had to be right out in the open. (laughs) All the narrator segments are like fucking four kids dub Yu-Gi-Oh lines. Yeah, pretty much. I love it. Perfect. No notes. SpongeBob was now on a killing spree and there was a montage. Plankton was stepped on by Sponge's spiky cleats. Mrs. Puff got her pricks took off, and Spongebob put them back on the other way around. (laughs) (laughs) Karen was smashed into bits by Patrick's old bat, and Pearl was buried alive. Uh, The only people left were Spongebob, Gary, and Squidward. Spongebob wasn't going to kill Gary because he was Spongebob's pet. I I really like the author made that touch. Um, (laughs) so, So he went to Squidward's house. And here's Squidward's real powerful moment. Yeah. Uh, as soon as he entered, Sponge was beheaded by a clarinet. <laughs> People may not call me a musician, but I know I am, Squidward states. Damn you, I loved you, SpongeBob yells as he catches his head. I thought Patrick was your best friend, Squidward argues. I loved you, I would have done anything for you, SpongeBob counter argued. You were a nuisance. I hated, H-A-E-T-E-D, hated you, Squidward declares. <laughs> I'm just, since he described Spongebob as like Suicide Squad Joker, now I'm imagining Squidward as Suicide Squad Harley Quinn. Just like with, with his daddy's little monster crop top yeah, on. Except instead of- a I always hated you! <laughs> yeah. yeah, my favorite part of Suicide Squad is when Harley Quinn takes out her clarinet and <laughs> someone. And consequently, my favorite part of uh, SpongeBob was when uh, Squidward looked to the camera and said, Normal's just start setting on a washing machine. <laughs> well, now you can live in peace, SpongeBob sobs. SpongeBob grabs Squidward's clarinet and stabs it through Squidward's neck. SpongeBob kneels down at Squidward's corpse. So long, Squidward, Sponge says softly. The screen fades to black. I was so shocked to see an episode like this. <laughs> Before I could contact anyone, a time card read three years later. It's been three years since Patrick died. Three years since the Krusty Crab has been shut down. Three years since I ruled the rest of the living in Bikini Bottom, which is now called Spongeland. Spongebob thought. <laughs> Me and... <laughs> That's the more interesting story. Why do the time skip there? Man, the oh, later There's se- more to it. There's oh, more the to it. the later seasons just really got lazy he, with their He's writing. only halfway through his little... Okay. okay. <laughs> Me and Gary have enslaved millions. And I regret every minute of it. If I were to stop being ruler, then the Bikini Bottomites would kill me, Spongebob states. I just wanted to avenge Pat, but now I realize Pat wouldn't want this. Spongebob started crying. The episode was really over because the credits rolled. (laughs) (laughs) After that, I was terrified and scarred, in all caps. 
I couldn't call Steven Hillenberg because he died. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so I decided to call Paul Tibbet. He told me that some SpongeBob hater nearby Nickelodeon Studios must have hijacked the place and created it. I still watch SpongeBob to this day, but not as much. And it's all because of this episode. So that is the worst troll pasta of 2022. How do you feel about it? Yeah, <laughs> I do feel about it. It's just it's light fun reading. Yeah, I yeah, I know. yeah. It's, it's like a you, you know, it really makes you appreciate the the nuance and the subtlety and attention to detail that uh, Squidward Suicide yeah. has. You know, it... I honestly like, and you brought it up in the beginning, and you're right about this. Is like maybe not all of this but not insignificant number of elements of this are feasible plot points of a spongebob episode well the the feasible plot points i feel like are ones that are directly lifted mm. like like um it, it did that thing that a lot of these creepypastas do where they just like take a catchphrase but make it spooky you right, know yeah so yeah. like i remember like some of these lines they don't really make sense in the context of the actual narrative itself but it's a it's a reference to the thing mm -hmm. uh, yeah. originally, rather than trying to come up with something that SpongeBob would actually say mm, or whatever. Yeah. They they do, I just, do a Googleable quote. Yeah, I remember the first part where I really got tripped up with this. I was reading it and I was like, okay, this kind of reads like just a bad creepypasta. Yeah. And the first part that like just fucking threw me for a loop. It's when he got the brain scrambles. It's it's when he said Mr. Doodles licked SpongeBob. That was so out of left. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's not like they said, let me just make sure. I, okay, so da, 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 da. right there. It just it Yeah, it's not like SpongeBob was walking down the street and Mr. Krabs was walking Doodles. Yeah, no. It's just it was Mr. Doodles wasn't there. He, he, he was literally there. yeah, fucking Mr. Doodles crawled out of hammer space to get yeah. all the bonds the sponge yeah pretty much <laughs> came back from the phantom zone for just a moment to... yeah <laughs> no, I mean... and like mr doodles runs away too so like what there's no point yeah really. so let's say there's it's very funny there's like a real episode it that that's like this let's say this is a real episode <laughs> okay so how does it end because obviously patrick doesn't really die nickelodeon didn't want to death so uh, here, here's here's my proposal let me be the ai that you feed thousands of, <laughs> of spongebob squarepants scripts into or whatever because uh -huh. i've i've watched I, uh, a good chunk of the original multiple times the april fool's day episode especially at least 90 so i i think feasibly the way this would work is you change it to uh spongebob and patrick are like clam sledding or whatever Patrick gets into a cartoonishly large accident. He's in the hospital and SpongeBob is like constantly like there and frustrated that none of his other friends are visiting him at the hospital. And then the reveal at the end after Patrick gets better, after SpongeBob goes crazy and like tries to beat the crap out of him is that they were just visiting him while SpongeBob was working at the Krusty Krab. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they all have a big laugh until SpongeBob looks at you with photorealistic bloody eyes. Oh no! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I feel like that could be like the 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 twist to that episode could be like it was all happening in SpongeBob's head and he's in, he's in like a padded cell, you know. It's all it's all in SpongeBob's head. <laughs> you see him put on a trench coat and walk into the Krusty Krab. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Then who was Mr. Doodles? Squidward. Nosferatu. <laughs> Squidward, I like you. Don't come to work tomorrow. 
See, you do a lot better of an impression of SpongeBob than I do. <laughs> I haven't seen an episode of SpongeBob in many, many years. Uh, I grew up with it like everybody, but you know. Yeah. Lots of respect for Steven Hillenburg, obviously, and we're keeping his legacy going by writing terrible creepypastas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to be fair, it's a little bit better than what uh, Camp Coral has cooked up. Uh, I'm not sure what Camp Coral is. Camp Coral is a 3D prequel where everyone is a little 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 baby and they go to summer camp oh so like spongebob babies okay yep interesting all right well i think that was pretty much all i had for spongebob squarepants rage and depression yeah um (laughs) what what else is there to say other than i hope that people never stop writing these (laughs) because what what i think is interesting about troll fix there are so many levels of irony when it comes to what is the best troll fic. Because it is the best, worst written piece of media that is trying to capture the tone of bad writing. So it is bad writing that is so bad you can't convincingly believe that it was written bad on accident. Yeah, yeah. And ultimately that's what makes these things so fun. Yeah. Is that there's an earnestness in trying to make something shitty. And then no matter what happens, even if you do it really good, you get made fun of for it. It's yeah, it's and great. I love it. My favorite thing people will do with Troll Fix, too, is like twist it to make it written so that it's written well. A- another one that I wanted to go into later is Sonic EXE. Um, yeah that's a that's a well-known one but somebody remade it uh they added more detail and they made it a little more well written um and it's just interesting to kind of dig into how like their technique and how they did that but anyway that's a you know preview for maybe maybe our sonic block that we do or whatever um that's about all i had yep cool well uh, until then don't read where you shit (laughs) that I, i think that's gonna be I'm just going to start this off with a major content warning. A general brony shit. Okay. Specifically weird sexual comments about a cartoon horse. So this is a, from what I understand, a direct message that a an NSFW furry artist named Kevin Sano received uh, on DeviantArt a, over a decade ago. Right. Okay. This this guy is still active. He's a pretty decent artist. From what I from what I know, he's not super problematic. The thing that's interesting to to me about this is you, you got to keep in mind the time that this was written. Right? Yeah. What year was it? This was um oh criminy. At the very least, twenty fourteen because okay. that's when I remember reading it. Oh okay yeah yeah. Uh, maybe maybe earlier than that maybe twenty thirteen. Uh, yeah, that's kind probably, of probably around twenty thirteen. Bronies were kind of between I want to say twenty twelve and twenty fourteen. Yeah yeah de- definitely around that time period. But also, like, early enough on in the brony stuff that, like, the irony of pretending to be a way weirder brony than you actually are for the sake of goobering about wasn't really a thing. Like, today, you'll have people who will, like, jokingly, like, in their own little separate pockets of furry fandom, exaggerate and make up, like, a potential brony. This one, I'm, uh, unless somebody tells me otherwise, Poe's Law is in effect. Because I personally don't know if this was a genuine uh, send send to this guy because you'll see. Or if it's someone pretending to be... Okay. Pretending to be a a, a way weirder brony. 
So mm-hmm. to, just like all that context, it's on DeviantArt. This is uh, a, a brony porn artist account, but they're more softcore version of it because it's on DeviantArt, <laughs> which to me attracts the weirdest types of people. People who are clearly horny, but just can't look at porn. All um, right, all right. So this is um, regarding Twilight Sparkle. The name is anonymous. Dear Kevin Sano, this may be the strangest message you'll ever receive, but I do hope you'll take the time to read it and consider what I have to say. To put it simply, I would really appreciate it if the next time your birthday comes around, you would request that your clop artist friends, parentheses, people who like to give you sexually oriented pony art as gifts, draw some pony other than Twilight Sparkle for you. The reason I ask this is that Twilight is my fiance. And we're planning on getting married next June or July. Should everything go as as planned, financially I speaking? Yep, I, I, I remember def- this. For for listeners, Dev was uh, waggling his finger of in recognition. Yep. as his mm-hmm. face turned beat fucking red. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, continue. And yes, I have actually found a wedding chapel that will let me marry someone that most people would consider a fictional character. Now, before you go thinking, this guy is either completely crazy or just screwing with me, please hear me out on this. Oh, okay, let's hear you out, bud. Let's hear this out. See, like, this is... (laughs) This is, to me, where I'm like, okay, he acknowledges that. That's a very brony thing to do, to, like, genuinely be like, I know I'm about to say some off-the-wall shit, but let me explain this as if it's a logical, okay thing. You see... I'm totally head over heels in love with Twilight Sparkle. I have been for about 11 months now, and at this point, I'm in a committed relationship with my Twily. By that, I mean I don't date anyone else. I don't sleep with anyone else, and I have zero interest in having any kind of relationship other than the mare I adore. I love her with all my heart, and I'm 100% committed to that love. To express my love in a real tangible way, I have a beautiful handmade custom Twilight Sparkle plushie that I can kiss, hug, cuddle up in bed to go to sleep with at night, and take out on the town to do all the fun things together that normal couples do. This guy is the only real feminist. (laughs) (laughs) You are going to respect my fictional horse wife. (laughs) Because I respect women. Even if they aren't real. Uh, King shit, honestly, if you ask me. I take her out to eat at nice vegetarian restaurants. We go shopping together. I take her out for coffee. We do social activities together, like hanging out with friends, seeing movies, etc. Can I say I'm glad he specified vegetarian, because horses don't eat meat. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Very considerate, very thoughtful. It'd be real fucked up. He was like, yeah, we go out for burgers, and I make sure she gets the horse meat, so she knows who's in charge. (laughs) K. Andrew Tate. (laughs) I am keeping Twilight Sparkle against her will, and I've been arrested by the Romanian government. Please stop drawing porn art of her. We're only about three paragraphs out of seven, by the way. Oh, oh, Um, okay. And I talk about her as if she... She is Twilight, because to me, she very much is. When I look at her, I see Twilight Sparkle. When I talk with her, I'm talking to Twilight. When I hold her in my arms and kiss her, there are no doubts in my mind that it's the mare I love whose lips are pressed against mine. And every morning when I open my eyes and see her head on the pillow next to mine, with her gorgeous violet eyes staring back at me, I can't help but wonder how I ever got to be so lucky as to have a partner as smart, funny, beautiful, 
and all around wonderful is her. What a good husband. I, I know, mean, right? fiance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, yeah it, there's there's something about horse law where it's like, sorry, I can't marry you until Kevin Sano starts stops drawing porn at me. <laughs> yeah. It's it's not me. It's you. Like in this guy in this guy's head. I have a, an interesting um, in with the waifu community that yeah. I can talk about once this is over. But go ahead. Yeah. See, the the thing about this is like, I'll, I'll give some context about like another brony like fandom weirdness that was going on around this time that makes this seem either plausible or like directly parodying it. And I'll I'll get to that. Though. Okay. All my friends and the people who know me well say that my love is a thing of beauty and quite admirable. But from the outside perspective of someone who doesn't know me, you've, you're probably going, wow, that's pretty damn crazy. And wondering why I don't just go get a real girlfriend. The truth is, I've had plenty of your relationships and sexual partners in the 27 years I've been around. A few short relationships, one that lasted seven years, and a total of six different sexual partners. So my love for Twilight isn't out of a lack of real-world intimacy or relationships... I just fell in love with her and my heart didn't give me much of a choice in the matter. But you know what? I'm totally happy with my love and my relationship. It may seem weird to you, but it fills me with joy every single day of my life and I don't think I've ever been happier. So what if it's weird? If it makes me happy and it doesn't hurt anyone, then where's the problem? I don't think there is one and anyone who knows me well will tell you the same. Now, you're probably wondering why I'm telling you all this and how it concerns you. To you, I'm sure Twilight Sparkle is just a cartoon character, which you think is really hot. So I imagine you wouldn't think anything of having your friends draw sexually explicit art of her as a birthday gift to you. But hey, I think she's really attractive too, so I get where you're coming from there. I often go on e621.net and rule34 Pahil to see what my what new erotic art people have drawn of her. So so what's the that's the point that that's one that's confusing to me. Yeah, that's he wants to jerk off to pony art. But like, not it. He feels like he's being cucked by this random, popular furry artist, and that's that's the funniest part to me. Is yeah. like that is such a weirdly real insecurity. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. That like that. I'm leaning towards this being genuine. Yeah, I'm leaning towards honestly. that too. Honestly, to make a guy who draws like self-insert pony porn art to go. This is weird. <laughs> I'm going to share this with people. Yeah. Because the other people who like this this cartoon horse porn for children will also think that this is weird. <laughs> but to me, she's more than a cartoon character who's sexually attractive. She's my fiancé who I love with all my heart and soon to be my wife. So it's been bothering me lately. Every time I go on those sites and see a dozen or so pieces of art people have drawn depicting my girl in various sexual situations with the same person over and over. And that person happens to be you. My wife. My wife. <laughs> my wife. This next, this next one is the clincher. Don't get me wrong here, though. This isn't a jealousy thing. <laughs> really then what is it my friend please enlighten us i'm very secure in my relationship sure i know are. without question that twilight is just as faithful to me as i am to her she's actually sitting on the couch next to me while reading this while i type this she's very real to me and i know she's not sneaking out in the middle of the night to go have kinky sex with some famous artist and i do respect your talent as an artist and an artist creates freedom to draw whatever they want, that's cool. What bothers me 
is that in all these birthday images you've been getting, Twilight is always depicted as if she was your sexual plaything, drawn wearing a collar with your name on it or a speech bubble saying something that would somehow suggest she was your property. Oh my god. And I know quite well that Twilight Sparkle is not your plaything nor your property. She's my property. I mean, fiance. <laughs> I'm going to take it that was your editorial. That was my editorial. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, that's... Yeah. She's my fiance. So that bugs me a bit. What I find really loathsome, though, is your penchant for degrading my partner in both your art and the fan art you've been receiving lately. Twinley is a sweet and fairly vanilla little mare who I treat with the utmost love and respect. That's a perfectly normal thing to say. <laughs> oh, you, you forgot the... There's a comma and an and. Just wait. Oh, okay. Yeah. And she definitely does not deserve to be portrayed as some kind of sexual slave who likes being dressed up in sleazy attire, wearing a collar, getting sodomized, and having her face ejaculated on. She's not into that kind of stuff. And the fact that there's someone out there in the world, such as yourself, who would desire to treat Twiley that way and have his friends support and validate his desires to demean and mistreat my partner by drawing pictures of him doing so really bothers me. Only real feminist. It's the only <laughs> real feminist. <laughs> I don't take any issue with people having kinky sex as long as both parties consent to it and enjoy it. But I know quite well that my Twiley has no desire whatsoever to be treated like that. <laughs> so next year, when your birthday comes around, keep in mind that Twiley Sparkle isn't just a lifeless cartoon character to be objectified for your sexual gratification. She's the partner of someone who loves her very much. And by that time, their wife. So both myself and Twiley would greatly appreciate it if you pick someone else to request erotic art of for your birthday. Based on the very large amount of different ponies you draw art of, I imagine there has to be many other ponies you find sexually attractive. I assume you'll probably just dismiss this message as the ramblings of a crazy person and likely ignore it, but if by some chance you do take what I've said to art, well, we'd appreciate it. With regards, Redacted. Dear God, I mean, there's... Man, there's just so much to unpack there. Yeah. You know, that's... And and somehow it na- it wraps itself up in a neat little bow. Yeah, and like, you know, there is definitely like a cringe factor to this, but as someone who has talked with people who have waifus, like, there are healthy and unhealthy ways to go about it, and this guy is some weird form of... It's the kind of misogyny you get when you have mommy issues. You know? (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's... DeviantArt. A place you cannot post pornography. This guy was just browsing E621 to beat his shmeet to his wife the way he normally does (laughs) and noticed that he was... She was getting railed by a particular person's Sona too much and he went internet detective sleuthing. To find uh, the dude's DA to send them a DM. Wow. That, that's... The other thing that makes me think this is genuine is there was another, let's say, popular happenstance in the Brony fandom. I feel like anyone who has the, the slightest familiarity of the Brony fandom wanting to bone ponies and contemplating a life-sized pony doll knows about the Trixie doll situation. I think it was Trixie. But there is, there is like, a, a side character pony that someone, like, crafted, like, a scale plush of that had, at this time, a novel idea of sewing a, a yeah, tape. a usable hole in the yeah. back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I, I kind of saw that coming. One of those things that when it first happened, everyone was like, 
what the ever-loving fuck? And then it just became normal. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I can see why it might. It's interesting because, like, you know, I have a friend who's got, like, a waifu, and mm-hmm. they're, like, engaged, and they're going to get married, but, like, I, you know, a lot of people dunk on that, and, like, I don't think... I, this is this is what makes me think this is legitimate, because a lot of the points that he's made here are the same points that, like, most of these people make. It's like it's not hurting anyone, mm-hmm. which is true. He's very devoted to her, which is also true. The interesting part to me, though, is, like, how that entitlement to that imaginary made-up-a-girl type yeah. thing, like, made him go out of his way yeah. to then claim ownership of his other kin waifu. Oh, so many people love yeah. waifus do that. Um, and it's, like, it, it, it is a legitimate struggle for them because some of them do really feel like they're being cheated on and, like... You know, you do have to remember, like, no, you're not. This is a fictional character. People are going to draw smut of them whether you like it or not. And Yeah. You can have a waifu, but you still have to maintain a level of reality about it. And this guy is just beyond that. There's this idea of not literally falling in in love with the idea of a woman. This guy outs himself so much in, like, the, the levels of isolation and misogyny that leads you to... Saying, I've had all these partners, I've da-da-da-da-da, but this is the most fulfilling because I get to be mad on behalf of this person in my head and exert their agency for them. Yeah. That's the part of this that's, like, weird to me. Yeah. Because, like, I'm going to out myself here. Anyone who Googles Simets, like, my this my name... I, I draw fucking furry porn, all right? This is this is coming from a... A call is coming from inside the house part. I have drawn yeah. self-insert pornography of my little Sona character and a a perfectly willing uh, adult waifu character yeah, before. No. That itself isn't cringe. I'm on Kevin Sano's side here. This is a buckwild thing to receive in your inbox. Yeah, no, it is absolutely. No matter what, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Every fucking franchise that has been commercially successful in terms of, like, anime, or they have, like, a hot mod. Like, people like pretty people. It's totally cool and okay to have crushes on fictional characters, and yeah. there's a very healthy subculture of people just, like, LMAO, my waifu, but really, it can also be shorthand for, this is a character I really appreciate uh, from yeah. a series I really like that kind of faded from pop culture or whatever no one's talking about and my fandom is like seeking out the stuff involving this character that i think that's really normal to, and yeah. that's kind of a an, a an extension of of waifu culture i i think that type of like possessiveness over a fictional character is a separate phenomena yeah altogether how many layers of hypocrisy are there because there's quite a few there are there there really are i there's like so many layers because like here he's saying like i look up porn of my wife but don't draw porn of my wife yeah don't draw porn of my wife fucking you because i don't like you yeah my wife isn't property but i act like she's my property another thing too is that's a fetish that women have bdsm goes both ways there's a point he made where he's like if it's consensual well it's a drawing of a woman well a horse it's a horse horse. well it's not at that point it's like a a cartoon like anthropomorphic horse thrown on top of like a lady with tits the size of georgia okay that's the kind of shit that kevin sano so it's like anthropomorphized yeah the the ponies are humans in the same way the cars from cars are human this was a dude who was going specifically to porn sites 
to jerk off to porn, and he went looking for a fight. Yeah. He, his dick got soft, he got angry, and he was looking for someone to paragraph to. It's like the opposite of post-nut clarity. Yeah, it's, it's blue... <laughs> post-nut fury. <laughs> it's blue ball fury. <laughs> well, I think that's a good stopping point for regarding Twilight Sparkle. Yeah. Um, uh, thank you all so much for joining us. As always, we would like to thank Arya for the use of our theme music. You can find her on Twitter at Glitch. We'll see you on the next episode. Yeah, and remember, don't shit where you read. <laughs> or read where you shit. I forgot what I said. Don't read where you shit. <laughs> Outro! Outro!